Good morning, church, and a happy new year to each and every one of you. And for those joining us online and other places, a happy, blessed new year. As I was thinking about the new year and in my circle, whether it's my family and friends, and I knew I was going to say happy new year to all of you, you know, we started to think, okay, I can start my new year's greetings with a, a scripture that would really tell us something about New Year's. So the scripture that came is from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. And I'll share that with you because this is a great time for you to spend your time with us. We'll be reading shortly. I'm just reading this as my Happy New Year to you. It says in Isaiah 43, 18, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So receive that as word for the new year. God is doing something new. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to, to, to miss what is happy new year. They tried to teach me before the service how you say happy new year with our friends here. In, um, here in Empire. Can we try that? You go like this. Mm-hmm. And you go this. Yeah, the year goes forward. <laughs> I was practicing that all in between services, but keep watching them. But a happy new year to you, and I trust God is doing something. When I think about, we're talking about you walked in here today, and you see on your cards, you know, it says... Um, New Year resolutions. You know, we are going to be talking about that. But that is something that we as Christians can redeem and repurpose. Because over 4,000 years ago, the Babylonians will have the beginning of the year in January. They were harvest uh, agriculture people. And the beginning of the year, what they will do is that they borrowed somebody farm goods and they will try that at the beginning of the year, they want to do something nice, they will return it. New beginning, new start. So the Babylonians were doing that over 4,000 years ago. But as you know, the Romans always were engaged in something. So the Romans, in 46 BC, the Romans also started to get hold of that. And so what the Romans will do, it's New Year. You know, they were pagan and they had this... Um, culture where they have a goddess, they name Janus, and they said, what we do at New Year, they, even that's why we have January, because they named it that way in the calendar. What we'll do at the beginning of the year, we have a time to reflect, to look back. You reflect on what had happened. Then to go forward, you make resolutions. So you make New Year's resolutions, something you're going to be doing. And so that became popular. And then many years back in our country here in about um, 1813, there was something in the Boston newspaper that read about New Year resolution. This article in the Boston paper in 1813 read, and yet I believe there are multitudes of people accustomed to receiving injunctions of New Year resolutions. People who we've seen all the month of December with a serious determination of beginning the new year with new resolutions and new behaviors. Well, we as Christians, we can look at that. We're going to be doing resolutions of our behavior. 
Usually New Year's resolution, people are talking about, I want to improve, I want to change, I want to do this. So there, there's, a, there's a spiritual aspect of it that we will get into, we will see in the scriptures that we'll be looking at today. That we need to always start fresh. We always need to repurpose. We always need to have a clean slate. And I thought this second day of 2022, there are things that we're going to make a declaration in a service today. That in this New Year's resolution, we're going to come to what we're calling no excess baggage going forward. No excess baggage. And we'll see how that comes into the scripture. And the scripture is coming out of the book of Joshua will be in chapter 24. But let me just give you an overview of how we come into chapter 23 and 24. But the book of, of Joshua, how does it fit into making a commitment, into making a resolution today or any day that you can do that? We see back in Genesis, when we started uh, even last year, in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, I will give you land. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. I will give you land and your descendants will be as multitudes as stars in the sky and sand on the seashore. And I will give you this land that you will dwell in. Well, it didn't happen with Abraham. It didn't happen with his son Isaac. It didn't happen with Jacob because they were all taken down to Egypt. So in Egypt, God raised another leader, Moses. So Moses is now going to lead this people into the land. This is really about real estate. Some of you are in real estate business, possessing a land. And God was going to give them this real estate over there in, in Palestine. Now they're in Egypt. So Moses led them across in the wilderness, something that would take 14 days, took about 40 years to wander in the, in the wilderness, in the desert. We'll find out why. So they come to where they will see the promised land. If you've been to the land of, of Israel, you, they will show you this place. We will look, stand there and look. The promised land, Moses never made it in because of disobedience. But God was going to give this land, so he chose another leader, Joshua. Joshua will be their savior, their deliverer, that will take him into the land that was promised. So Joshua enters the promised land. So in the book of Joshua, we, the first 12 chapters are actually dealing with the conquest of the land. They had to fight to possess their possession. They had to fight the conquest of the land. So chapters 1 to 12 and from 13 to 22, what the people were now experiencing was the land distribution. They were now possessing their inheritance. It was given to them. That is the land. So there was a promise, then there was a, a, a possession of the land. There was a vision of the land, but it became a victory that they won. Now it's time to have their inheritance. And so we're going to see that Joshua now in chapters 23 and 24, he assembled all the leaders. It's like having all of you together in person and online, all the others, and say, we are going to make a commitment. So what we see in chapters 23 and 24 is Joshua's farewell speech. But it's not just a speech as, as a commander he's giving. He is calling them to action. We have to do something. You know, we've been in this land all these years. So we'll be reading in Joshua chapter 24. I'll be picking the reading up that he's called them, he's talking to them. 
they are having this dialogue. But I want, only want to read from verse 19 to 28. So if you are able and please can stand, we'll read Joshua chapter 24, verse 18, and moving forward. Verse 19, I read, Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, Joshua said, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the, for the people and there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. Father, take your word now and let your Holy Spirit come. We hear, we understand, and you will lead us in obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So we're going to look at, at this chapter, now that we have a great overview of this farewell speech, we're going to look at four things. The first one is a call to remember. Joshua is calling the people to remember what God has done. We read in, in chapter 23, verse 4, remember how he has allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord God himself will fight for you. So Joshua is reminding them in this few hours speech is given in this great gathering, and he said, God has been good to you. There is a place for history. There is a place to remember, to see what God has done. So he reminds them of these things. In chapter 24, and starting verse, from verse 9, he's telling them, that God is the one that conquered the enemies. He defeated, he destroyed them. So when he gave the land as a promise, God was with them to win the victory. And he said, this is the God I want to remind you of the history. He gives them all a historical event of what has been happening, that God is a faithful God, that God is the one who will win the battle for them. And he's the one they have to remember. You know, we as Christians, even us here at Northland, we have to remember our history. How has God brought us here? Ebenezer, God has helped us. God has been so faithful. God has been so good that he is the one that has brought us to this place. And Joshua is making this declaration to the people. Remember where it has been. As we reflect on 2021, there's a lot of stuff that people will say, I don't want to remember that. You have bad memories. 
There has been pain. There was hurt. There were in businesses, in marriages, in families, our nations. You know, we talk about pandemic, global things that have happened. But we reflect on that because the faithfulness of God has been there. Some of us have spent times in hospitals or in this room or in different places, you know, standing next to a loved one who has lost a spouse, who've lost a child in 2021. But we remember God was there. He was faithful as we've gone through this year. So there's a place to remember God's call upon our life, that God has called us even as individual, as a church, there's something is worth remembering. If we forget the past, we will disobey in the present. And that was the story of the, of the children of Israel. They always forgot the past, they disobeyed in the present, and they feared the future. So that's why Joshua is reminding them, remember, a call to remember. Will you take this time to be reflecting with your children, with your church, with your business and families. God has been good to us. So he challenges them to remember what God said. But Joshua continued to say, okay, this is my farewell speech. I'm giving this to you, but let me also talk to you about the second thing we see, the challenges to worship. So we see in chapter 24, verse 1 to 13, he's narrating all of these things. But now Joshua is challenging them. You would think these people have been in the promised land. They've seen the victory. They've seen the enemies destroyed. They've seen Jericho, the walls fall down. They've seen God provide for them. But Joshua is telling this to the people. He says here in verse 14, that if you want to serve the Lord, this is the challenge. Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away your, your gods, your ancestors' worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable, you then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the God of the Ammonites in whose land you are dwelling. So Joshua is putting a challenge before the people. And he says, don't just think that you can forget. You came from idol worship. There were things in your lives that you have to put away. Throw away, get rid of this. When you will think these people, they, this is easy something to do. But their ancestors were people who worship idols. Things that they had held on to. And now they want to live in the land. You got to get rid of this, as Joshua says. You know, in church or Bible language, you'll say, what, what is that? Where the Bible says it's sin. If I am making a commitment to serve Jesus Christ, if I'm making a commitment in 2022 to serve the Lord, I need to get rid of the excess baggage. Thus the title we're looking at, the excess baggage in my New Year's resolution. That means what are the things that have come into my life? What is the idol? Well, I don't have an idol. Everybody worships something. If you don't worship God, you're gonna worship something. So the idol could be your family, your money, your job, your entertainment, anything that will take place that of God is what you worship. And so Joshua is challenging them, get rid of that. And church, we need to look into our lives. What are the bitterness? What are the anger? As we look even at our church life, we start to think about what are the things that we have caused that we need to lay aside. We need to say, we get rid of this if I'm going to be committed to serving the Lord in 2029. 
bitterness, anger, comparisons. I get a lot of emails that compare our church with other church. That could be seen because that's Jesus Christ is the one building his church. His spirit is the one that is going to move in each one of us, in everywhere you are, that we will say, I'm building my church, not somebody's idea or suggestion. So face the challenge in your life. Get rid of those things. You know, it's easy to say, well, I go to church, I read my Bible, I'm in Bible study, I'm in men's group. But it's easy to see the things that could creep into your life as sin. You know, preparing this message and being a, a husband, being a, a dad, and being a father-in-law, I start to look at things that over the years is my own sin that I hold on to. You know, and we, we had a wonderful time raising our daughters. But, you know, raising, those of you who have daughters, the challenge, you know, we just get angry. And they'll say, Daddy, why are you doing that? We've lived with you. You're getting angry. You know, oh, I have to confess those sins, you know, raising kids. Now it's grandkids. You know, they also get me ang angry. You know, how do I get angry with grandkids? Let me tell you. We do FaceTime. They live in Denver. So we're doing FaceTime on the phone. I don't know why they like that red button. They just, they'll just put it Dismiss that. What is wrong with Christian? Oh, I think Christian does. You know, a little anger comes in me. Or in my job, you know, something's not going the way I, I want to go. And those sins, get rid of that to myself, I say, and to us. What is eating your life? Or what is the idol? That's as Joshua tells the people. The Bible says, if I cherish iniquity in my heart, God will not even answer my prayers. Husbands, when I read that scripture, when it says, if you're angry against your wife, God is not going to answer your prayer. And anyone, may we get rid of the things we think about, which is seeing the actions we take that are not pleasing and do not feel, uh, do not obey God's word. In patience, you know, and where I can't wait upon God, what he's doing in our church. Let the Holy Spirit bring the conviction. Let the Holy Spirit bring the turning that I will say, yes, Lord. This is how I need to live my life, that I don't just hear this word, I'm going out to do it. So a call to remember the challenges to worship and serve. Every time we use the word worship and serve are the same because worship is our allegiance to God. My dedication, my all to God. Worship everywhere, every day, and in everything. So Joshua said to worship God and face this challenge, you have to get rid of your sin. Then Joshua comes on the third thing we see is the choice to worship and serve. If you're going to face the challenge, you have to make a choice to serve. And Joshua, giving back and forth on this word about the people to serve God, he comes to them and in verse 21, they're having this dialogue. The people say, we will serve. The people said, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, you are witnesses to this today. You know, when you decide to serve the Lord, there are things that have to be demonstrated in our lives. You know, it's great to we experience worship. Last year, some of you remember, we went through these series that we are talking about, how do I respond to God that we show that I'm living in obedience? Because Joshua is challenging them, you have to obey your heart. We talk about place of the word. The word has to be central. This Bible, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you away from the book. Let's be people of the book. If you are starting this new year, you don't yet have a plan to read the Bible, we want to be able to come alongside you. You could check the bookstore or you could talk to any of us, our leaders. We will have basic ways that you will start to read the word. 
and you are doing well that we can be in worship. So there's a public reading of the word that we do here and in your own private reading of the word. If you just depend on the preaching here on the weekend, you are going to, you are not going to nourish each one. Get into the word. I hope even the book of Joshua, you can take time this weekend and read. And then join in worship. We need to continually do this together because we edify, we encourage each other. And the second thing we have talked about, we need to be people of prayer. We need people to be really spending time in praying together personal and private. I hope that is a practice in your home with your family, your business, you are, you are getting into the practice of prayer. And we, we have been facing lots of challenges, but only coming to the Father, that prayer. We love that. But sometimes I'm challenging us this year. Let's add something else in our, in our prayer, and which some of us are in the habit of saying fasting and prayer. And I think that's a discipline sometimes ignored, misrepresented, or think thinking it's a magic if I just fast and pray. No, it's showing my love for the one that I adore, the God I worship, I read his word. I can deny myself and seek time with him. You know, I had a challenge last month with my uh, primary physician, a Christian brother, and we talk about the Bible, we talk about prayer. So going through all my, you know, two weeks of going through tests, and he said, so Renee, what else do I need to consider to do? And he said, well, you got to fast more. Oh, man, I don't expect that in a physician's office to challenge. So you got to fast more. you got to burn some of those calories there. But we had a great conversation that that is a Christian discipline, and we're holding each other accountable, you know. But that will bring you to a place to know God. And one of my brothers, we've been talking about this, and said this month, we actually read in a book, it's called Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough by Elma Towns. If it's not in the bookstore, they will get it. That was one of the books I had to read last week, being away, to just dive into what is spiritual fasting. You know, nine a biblical fast. If you want to join, we invite you to consider, to listen, to read it. And so we are going to be seeking the Lord together. So the word, worship, prayer, and also proclaiming the gospel. If every one of us here, we know this King Jesus, who we are celebrating, we want to go out and tell the lost people. Because if we're keeping this to ourselves, no good. You will be my witnesses. We'll be going to see more of that. How the Holy Spirit will, will lead you to declare Jesus with people. It could be at a grocery store. It could be at a dry cleaning. Anywhere. There are lots of opportunities. Those of us who have an accent, we have an opportunity to tell about Jesus. Because people always say, where are you from? I said, I'm from my house. And then that leads into other conversation. Or what do you do? You know, then I'm a pastor, I have to declare. Let's ponder and proclaim this gospel in 2022. And also serving together, our worship leads to serve. And part of serving is our generosity as we proclaim it. So this is what is calling that a commitment when Joshua is telling these people, do something about serving the Lord. Don't just say yes. He stopped them when they were going to say yes. Because Joshua wanted to model it. If you want people to be declaring, this is what Joshua said in verse 14. He said, but as for, verse 15, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's a personal decision each one of us here we have to make. I have to make that decision for myself, for my wife, for my daughters, my, my son-in-laws, and my grandchildren, and this church. I want to declare that I am worshiping, dedicating my life 2022 to the Lord. Will you do that for yourself? 
Amen. And as you do that for yourself, you invite others. People around you may not just join you in making the commitment, but you live it out. You live it out, they will see it and they follow. Oh, that this year will be a year that you can say with yourself, your friends, and you say, we will serve the Lord. Just lead along. And so Joshua talks about this, and so they remembered the, the, the call to remember, they faced the challenges, and they are now making a choice. And the choice is to follow Jesus. And finally, Joshua says, we are going to have a commitment service. And the commitment service that Joshua was calling them to was what he, we read in verse 25. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem, he reaffirmed that for them the decrees and the laws. You know, Shechem was the same place that Moses, uh, God has spoken to Abraham, you know, when he was entering the land. And now at Shechem again, they are standing on the precipice of a commitment that Joshua is, is telling the people, make a commitment today to serve the Lord and you will be the witnesses for it. And that was the call to renew their hearts to the Lord. Northland family, I call us to a commitment the second day of this year. That I am going to make a commitment to the one I will follow. You know, we're going to be, and those of you online, we're going to be participating in communion together shortly. Somebody two, over 2,000 years ago made a commitment. He came on that cross, he died. We celebrated his birth, but he came to die on Calvary. He died and made that commitment and said, you, we have life. Life that is abundant. This table that we'll be coming to is a commitment we're going to make to each other. You know, when uh, many years ago, my wife and I had to make a commitment, we're from West Africa, but we had to make a commitment to be a citizen of this country. So you come here, you come on student visa, visitor's visa, green card. It's not actually green, those of us who've had it. A green card, and then you go through a time they call you permanent resident. But the time comes when you have to be a citizen. So when Scott called and he said, yeah, I think it's over five years, you are eligible, you and your wife and your one daughter born outside of the States to be a citizen of the United States. But wait a minute, don't just jump at it. You have to dive into knowing what America is about. All the history you know, I had to study that, you know, read these history books, study about government, about, I loved it. I loved it, we learned a lot. In doing that study, I was just amazed at the people who've gone before us in this country. People who've made a declaration, people who've made a commitment to living in this country. And as I was reading, one of the people that fascinated me in this reading is Patrick Henry. I wanted to read a lot about Patrick Henry at that time. If you remember, it's in 1776, March, he was in the church in Richmond, Virginia. You know, they've been facing this battle with the, with the British, and they're having all, he was just elected, he was a self-educated lawyer, great orator, great speaker, and he's hearing all these people get up and speak, you know, 22 people in the Virginia Convention. Patrick Henry got up and said, like Joshua, I do not know what cause you will take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. He was calling for action. He was saying, my brothers, we just can't sit in this room. Let's get out there, give me liberty. I want to be free to fight for my country. But Jesus fought for us. Today we want to make a commitment. We want to make a declaration that Jesus Christ is our Lord.
And he, uh, Paul wrote this clearly. He said to every believer in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, present your bodies, present yourself as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. God is calling us to a commitment. We're going to go to this table where we want to demonstrate what is my commitment? What is the commitment I will make for the Lord Jesus Christ today? How can I make my declaration that is there? So as we come to this table, I want to remind us what this table stands for. The Bible has a lot to tell us about what is demonstrated in the, in the church. If you didn't have a communion when you came in, please put up your hands. Our ushers will get you one of those vials we have so that you can participate. If you're online, we'll find you could find uh, orange juice, grape juice, something you can, you, can, you can use. But Jesus Christ, on that night, he was with his disciples. It was a solemn, it was a sacred moment. And Jesus wanted to make a declaration of his commitment. And the Bible, you will hold your communions, we'll partake together. But Jesus said to those who he took the bread, and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Body that he was given on the cross. He said, this is my body. And the Bible tells us that after the supper, he took the cup. So when he had given thanks, he said, this cup is a symbol of the new covenant in my name. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember me. Folks, as we come to this time of our own renewal, our own commitment, let's just pause in a moment before we partake that God, I am thanking you for Jesus. This is a table of remembrance. This is a table of rejoicing. This is a table of proclamation of the gospel. If you're not a Christian, maybe you just need to wait. And we can lead you, you can get up and go to the back and somebody can show you the love of God and the gospel and the forgiveness of sins and you can receive Jesus and partake. And parents, if you are with children, just give them the little explanation that they may need. And this is for the one who loves Jesus. And you are taking this as partaking of the gospel that you want to declare, you want to make your dedication. Just take a moment of silence and privately pray. Then I'll lead us out loud. Father, you hear the prayer and the commitment and the dedication of your people for renewal. Now, as we partake, you can go ahead and rip up the top. And you take this, and the Bible says, on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when I broke it, he said, take and eat. If you can gently and carefully open the, the next one, a sign and symbol of the blood of Jesus shed for us. Take and drink.
Lord Jesus, by this participation, we dedicate ourselves to you anew. Take our prayers and take our sacrifice only in your name. And we rejoice and celebrate because you are the one that we present our bodies as living sacrifice. Jesus, you are Lord. Amen. It's not over yet. If you came in and you did, you got one of these, we're going to do something. I think I have four here. And Don, and if you guys need to get somebody, if you put up your hand, we have more of these if you didn't get them. But I'm going to bring your attention to your New Year's resolution. And at the bottom of this, you can tear, you can fold and tear. But what we want you to do is to write, just slip up your hand if you didn't get one done, and uh, Brad will get you one. You want to write something there that you're going to go to the cross. There are crosses in the rooms spread out. You're going to go to the cross and say, I'm going to lay it down. Whatever I needed to throw away, I need to cast away. I want to bring it to Jesus. So you have time to write it down, or if you come by the cross, and by the cross, the tables that are there, they are pens. You tear this up, and you're going to take it as a commitment to leaving it behind, you know, throwing it away. And you write it. Once I've been writing on mine, it's my own just scene, and I write um, distractions, delays, discouragement, and I said, I can take it to the cross because it was all done on the cross by King Jesus. So you take this and you fold it, you're going to drop it here. If you're online, you wrote it on a napkin next to your coffee, you can just throw that in the trash basket or you can flush it out because we want to believe that by doing this physically, if you're able, you come forward, you drop it there and you've given it to Jesus. That is your commitment, your renewal, like uh, Joshua had to do with the people. And then when we do that, we want to celebrate the triumph and the victory we have. We want to declare with our lips and say, Jesus, I'm trading this in. So I invite us all to stand as we sing and you ride out. And at the right time, you can just come and say, I live it there at the cross. And Jesus, we take it. Don't take it home. So let's sing. And you write and drop it off that we're giving it all to Jesus, our Savior.